Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 537, coming to you on the 28th of November, and my voice is almost nearly back to normal, haha, <laughs> it is Tuesday, that means it's time for a Texit Tuesday, the subtitle will be Test Time, what do I mean? Well... Before we get into the meat of the subject, let me remind you of several items. One, last week on November the 22nd, which would be the 60th anniversary of a certain event that most of the people older than I, aka boomers, are well aware of. And I did a special episode relating to the, well, I guess three guys with initials and one guy with an X and the significant overlap, if you will, on the way they went. For whatever reason, (laughs) the social media, if you will, and the podcatcher were not very helpful. So if you do me a favor, yeah, do me a favor, go back to the November 22nd episode, which if I believe uh, I recall correctly is episode 535 and check it out. I don't know if I call it my best work, but I think it's pretty good and I'm pretty happy with it and it was meant to be thought provoking. Secondarily, the best way you can continue to help me grow the show, make a difference, and get the word out is to like, share, and subscribe to this program. Follow me on your social media of choice. Uh, Add it on your YouTube for those of you that are still on YouTube. (laughs) I received a notification over the long weekend that they actually removed some of my content. (laughs) Funny how that works. In any case... I am on Facebook. I have a page and a group there. I also visit MeWe and Gab. And it would mean a lot to me and my four listeners if you'd give us a join over there. If, you, if you'd come along for the ride. I've got a couple hundred followers now or, or a few hundred followers now on the podcast. I'm desperately trying to reach a thousand followers. I'm not sure what the significance of that is, but that would be fantastic if I could at least get 500 before the end of the year. If you uh, feel so uh, emboldened, please help me out there. The other thing that you can do that makes apparently a huge difference is rate and review the program. Now, I know there are those of you there that are just monitoring what I say. Those of you that have no great love for me, that's okay. I... I still believe we live in a world where we can agree to disagree and we can be disagreeable or I'm sorry, we can disagree without being disagreeable. Now, typically this only extends to those of us that are right of center and there are gatekeepers that spend a whole lot of time punching right uh, to justify their existence. I'm not one of those guys. On occasion, I will point out that I think a specific action or an attitude is foolish or not my style, but I'm not going to attack somebody that's on my side. On the flip side, I don't like to spend a lot of time going after people that are not on my side because I should be self-evident. Now, I can't say I'm completely above a little ridicule or a little name calling here or there. Uh, I am, after all, only human. I'm just a dude that has some time to do a podcast in between a regular job, a part-time job, which would be this podcast and another part-time job, which is my life in politics, uh, all while trying to maintain a family, 
<laughs> and pay for my daughter's school. It is a challenge. It is fun. It is enjoyable. But it is a labor of love, which is why I try and get here on this program five times a week. Now, I intended on doing a special episode last week, uh, Friday or Saturday. That didn't happen. Uh, between life and sickness and whatever else, I got to be honest, I just got all this stuff going on and I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I am only human. And as I have stated for the record multiple times, this show is called According to Callus, According to Callus, specifically because everything that is done and said in this program is based upon my opinion and my understanding. That does mean occasionally I'll get something wrong, occasionally I'll misspeak, occasionally I'll hmm, cross a line. I, I try real careful to stay on the line, to, to dance on the line, but not cross over it. Because I think it only works to discredit me. It makes me look bad. It makes our movement look bad. Movement. Oh, what do you mean, Kels? Well, I'm a liberty guy. I've been quite vocal on the idea that conservatives, or at least modern conservatives, have failed every time. They conserve nothing. All they do is slow our descent into darkness and despair. Not a fan. I'm trying to push back for liberty. I'm trying to make a difference and maintain Western civilization, if you will, for lack of a better word. That means we have to go on the offense. We have to quit playing defense all the time and go on the offense. We have to push back. We have to shed light on subjects. We have to speak truth into the world. Now, there are ways to doing it without being a jerk. I try to reach that goal. I, I try not to come across as a jerk. Sometimes it's unavoidable. And sometimes people are just not deserving of the respect or restraint. But nevertheless, I attempt. I also like to avoid going after individuals. One, because I like to focus on issues. I like, I like to focus on the greater thing at hand and not make it about an individual. I can't say that I've never called out individuals, uh, but when I do, they're almost always elected officials or people that like me put their name out there that advertise their issue, advertise their position, and they're taking issue with other people. At that point, you've went into the public sphere. So it is fair game to go after you publicly. But as for, you know, somebody that lives at home, stays at home, doesn't mess in everybody's world, maybe shows up at a school board meeting or city council meeting from time to time, I want to leave those people alone. I want to leave them out of it. They need to be heard without feeling like they're going to be pressured or verbally assaulted. That's not my style. Um, there are other, other elected officials that feel that that's fair, right? You came and you spoke to them or at them, so they get to savage you. That's not me. I, I don't want to do that. That being said, you can cross a line. And when you cross the line, it becomes fair game. I am well within the sphere of fair game. I, I'm actually surprised at the level of restraint those that uh, are opposed to me seem to have shown. It is also interesting that 
they like to pretend that I have no voice, that nobody listens, uh, aka my four listeners, right? But there are a lot of people out there that like to show up. They're, they're all about the show, but there's no go. I do a lot of things in the background. I, I do my best to help everybody that I can, and I keep it in the background. I don't necessarily want to talk about it. I don't want to be involved with it because, quite frankly, I'm kind of a known entity, and I could be hurtful or harmful to those other people if it becomes public. I'm aware of this. I try to be above board about this. If they don't have an issue or they're not concerned, well, then, of course, I'm not concerned. Then there are other folks that I want to help, but I don't want to be caught in the middle of whatever their thing is. I mean, we got to be honest. It's politics. It's strange bedfellows. It's the lesser of evils. It's taking your percentage win. And sometimes a percentage win isn't really good enough, but that's all you can get. And I don't want to spend a lot of time beating up on somebody that gets me those percentage wins. I I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you will, figuratively speaking. Which that brings us to where we're at right here, right now. It is a Texas Tuesday, and I use the subtitle test time. What do I mean by that? Everybody's now up for the test. This is the test. Are they going to do the right thing? Okay. We are well aware that our state representatives by and large don't care about us. They don't want to listen to us and setting aside the Texas nationalist movement, setting the setting aside, actually pretty much any other group in the state of Texas, our elected officials for whatever reason, think they're working for the speaker They're in league with either the governor or the lieutenant governor. Now, I understand to a certain extent that's for their own survival. It's to ensure their own success. But at the end of the day, they're supposed to represent us. They're supposed to reflect the people that got them elected in their district. And to some extent, they do. Not as much as I would like, not as much as I would hope for, not as much as I would demand. But I'm not the only person that factors in here. I'm not really sure why you live in a district that 60% votes for you, that you feel all the time and energy needs to be spent coddling the 35 or the 30% that hate you no matter what, but they do. Our, our representatives seem so intent to make peace with our enemies than keeping the people on their team happy and enthusiastic and wanting to help them. Why does this matter? Well, We can't change what the state representatives, what the state senators are going to do. Apparently, they don't want to listen to their constituents. The next step is the State Republican Executive Committee, the SREC. They're having a quarterly meeting this coming weekend. I don't know where it is, and even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. I'm not here to stir the pot and turn people against these folks, but there are going to be 62 representatives that show up as our SREC members. Each Senate district gets two members, one lady, one guy. They go there, they have their meetings, and the state Republican Executive Committee determines what's on the ballot. 
Right now, the threshold is we had to have 97,000 signatures turned in in order to be considered for ballot placement. Now, what does that mean? Well, being placed on the Republican primary ballot essentially is a non-binding resolution. What does that mean? It means that it's a giant poll. Anybody that shows up to vote in the Republican primary is going to be asked a question. Now, in this specific instance, the Texas nationalist movement has put forth a question, should Texas look into reasserting their independence? The variation of the language is up for debate. They can change the language however they want. But the real test is, will, number one, the members of the executive committee have the stones to do that, to put the question on the ballot? Two, will they have the stones to actually support it being put on the ballot? What do I mean? It's one thing to vote for it. Well, yeah, I'm not going to oppose this. Go through. It's another thing to stand up and say, look, whether or not I support Texas independence, the Republican Party believes the people in the Republican Party ought to be able to vote on it. It's not binding. It doesn't make our legislature do anything. It does, however, tell those members of the legislative body what their people, their constituents think about this specific issue. Why does that matter? Well, they've been saying for decades that it's a small minority of people that don't really matter and they don't care and they're just causing trouble and making noise. Well, if that's true, I don't believe it, but if that's true, there should be no harm in putting the question on the ballot. Now, yes, I know there's some people that are going to and say this is going to make us look bad. It's, go- it's going to uh, cause the hoi ploy to whatever. Use your own language. Use your own imagination why they wouldn't want to do this. That's the test, right? The test is, can you be philosophically supportive of staying in the union, but yet put the question on the ballot to let the people be heard? Keeping in mind, this doesn't bind the Republican Party, nor does it bind our elected officials to do anything. All it is, is a ballot question. Now, the state legislature has no question about their lack of hmm, spine. They, they put these questions out to we the people, we the voters, when they don't want to go on record. When, when they don't want to have to face the backlash for what they've put upon us. And they, they do it as a constitutional amendment. And quite frankly, there are a lot of ignorant people out there, uneducated voters. And they go along with it, particularly based upon the language that is in the question, the ballot initiative. Now, that's okay insofar as we the people make mistakes. And I think the legislature is well aware of that, which is why they push it off on us. This is a similar situation where I'm not asking the legislature to take any action. I'm just asking them to get out of the way. I am asking the state executive or the state Republican executive committee to have the intestinal fortitude to say whether or not we think this is a good idea, whether or not we support Texas getting its independence. We, as the Republican Party of Texas, feel that that question is a fair question that should be put to our voters. If for no other reason to give us an answer to the question, does a majority, does a minority, does it split equal? 
what percentage of Republican voters actually support looking into going independent, separating from the union, taking part in a national divorce, leaving D.C. behind, dumping D.C.? What percentage of the Republican voters are in support of that? Now, I have my own suspicion. In fact, I have a strong belief that when in the privacy of an election booth, that the vast majority of Republican voters would like for the legislature to look into this, to determine what the best process is. Now, whether that's 60% or 70%, don't know. But we won't know if they don't put the question on the ballot. So the question is, Will Matt Rinaldi allow this to happen? Will he encourage it to happen? I'd like to believe he would. Whether or not he personally supports it or not, I trust Matt Rinaldi. I like Matt Rinaldi. I think he wants what's best for Texas. Is he going to support putting this question on the ballot? Better yet, are we going to get 33 members of the state Republican Executive Committee to set aside whatever their personal preference is? Now, I happen to know at least second or third hand, that there's at least 12 advocates for Texas independence that are on the state Republican executive committee. Maybe 12 is a stretch. Let's call it a, th- let's call it 5%. No, let's go with 10. We'll just say 10 out of 60, 10 out of 62 are actually ad- advocates. My suspicion is there's at least 25 of them there that whether or not they're an advocate or not an advocate, they're actually in support of letting we, the people be heard on this issue. They're curious as to what the real outcome would be. They would want to know. And how do I know this? I don't. I'm speculating, but it should be known that nearly 90% of the people that showed up at the last state convention supported Both planks in the Texas state party platform indicating that Texas ought to be looking into independence. This is the test. Do we, the people, get to be heard? Does the state Republican Executive Committee follow through and support what's on our platform, support what our people want, which is to be heard on the subject? Now, quite frankly, I happen to know a couple of SREC members, and I'm fairly certain that there's at least one or two of them that are, in fact, not in support of Texas independence. But at least one of them has told me to my face that he thinks the people ought to be heard on it. And that's all I'm asking for. All I'm saying is whether or not you personally support this issue, please put the question on the ballot. Please be bold enough to say, This is a valid question. This is a worthwhile debate. This is worthy of being heard out by we the people. And I, as a member of the state Republican Executive Committee, support the Republican Party being able to make a statement or be heard on this. It's already made a statement based upon what we did with the platform. Now it's an opportunity. Do the voters support this or not? Have no fear. In the privacy of the voting booth, the truth will be told. If you think it's 
some crackpot minority that supports this will know that. If you think that, well, you know what, this is a strong movement, but they're still a minority, we're going to know that. If you think there's a groundswell of people that are just done with DC, well, we're going to know that. But I really think that's the major concern. They don't want to know. They don't want you to know. And when I say they, let's call it the establishment. Let's call it the leadership of the state. Let's call it the political hacks that think they should run everything and tell us how to live our lives. These same folks are in alignment with people that determine that we should have electric cars and eat bugs. These same people are perfectly okay with, well, quite frankly, selling lots of property to Bill Gates and or the Chinese. And when I say the Chinese, I mean the Chinese government, not individual Chinese people. Come on, don't go there. They're selling us out. And I don't care if they've got an R or a D after their name. If they're willing to sell us out now, what are they going to do when the things get real tough? Again, this is part of the test, right? It's test time. Are they going to do the right thing? Are they going to listen to their people? Are they going to set aside their personal thoughts and allow for we, the people to be heard? And this is just step one, mind you. Well, actually, I guess technically it's step two or three. First thing we had to do is get people out that actually advocate and support the idea of Texas independence. Daniel Miller and his team has been at it for quite some time. They gave me a convincing enough argument that we, the people should be heard years ago that I threw in with them. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm a member of the Texas nationalist movement, probably so. Um, I'm not on their leadership team. I'm not any official whatever within their organization, but I support them and I support them as my own person because I believe in the idea. I believe in the ideal of, oh, I don't know, self-representation. The idea that people ought to be able to determine who their leadership is, what form of government they want. These are all things that we built this country on when it was still our country. The The notion of popular sovereignty is real and it matters. Step two was making the presence known within the Republican Party. Now, look. There are Democrats to support this. There's probably a ton of independents. Now, maybe not a majority, but a ton of independents that are at least open to this. But the party that's in power, the party that can make a difference is the Republican Party. And we all did our part. We all stayed active. We all stayed, you know, busy trying to not necessarily be influenced, but just be heard by the Republican Party delegates. Is there a value in that. Well, yes, because it's not on the platform in one place, but two places where the Republican Party acknowledges that we, the people, ought to look into at least asking the question Should Texas go independent? Should Texas reassert its sovereignty as an independent republic? Should Texas separate and go on its own? And I think it's a good question. I think it's an appropriate question. I'm prepared to be told no. I'm prepared to not win the vote. I'm okay with that. I, I'm going to work against it. I'm going to do everything I can to make it be known that this is a much better option. We need to reassert our sovereignty. I've told you, first and foremost, I want to achieve de facto independence. 
And then at some point in the future, if we get du jour independence, so much the better. I have my doubts that the current Republican leadership is going to ever do anything to get us de facto independence. In fact, I'm certain that a good number of them are actually working against de facto independence. They are looking forward to, I don't know, increasing their own power and influence at our loss to subjugate us further to edicts out of D.C. It should be self-evident when you look at who these people are and what they're doing to us. But I'm not looking to disparage them. I'm not looking to make enemies of them. I'm just calling the shots as I see it. So this is our opportunity. The state party is open to the idea. They want to hear from us. I have it on fairly good authority that by the end of the day today, the Texas nationalist movement will have at least 100,000 signatures asking for this ballot question to be there on the primary. And before it's all done and over, we're going to have between 115 and 120,000 signatures. There are nearly a half a million members of the Texas nationalist movement. I'm not sure why they're having such challenges finding these people to get their name on this signature. And I know there's a whole lot of people that are doing this in secret. They're afraid. They don't want to be a public enemy. They don't want to end up locked up with the January 6 people. I don't want that either. But I got to be honest with you. I've always been upfront about what I support. I've always been forward about what I believe. I'm not looking to overthrow any government. I'm not looking forward to causing strife or civil war. But what I am looking forward is towards a national divorce to telling DC, you guys can go do your own thing. We in the state of Texas, we don't need you anymore. This is a bad marriage. You're abusive. And we want out. Whatever the divorce settlement terms are, we'll figure that out. But we want you to at least acknowledge that we have a right to determine what our form of government is. And quite frankly, it's not you guys in D.C. So now here's the ask. If you know who your SREC member is, call them, text them, email them. Encourage them to allow for a vote on the primary ballot. Just tell them you're not asking them to support Texit. You're not asking them to support a ballot initiative. You're just asking that they allow for a question of whether or not we, the voters in a Republican primary, would be in support of Texas getting its independence again. They don't even have to take a position one way or the other. They just have to allow the vote. Hey, and look, if you're in Oklahoma, Louisiana, whatever, you're technically not allowed to do anything on this. You're not supposed to do anything about this, but it doesn't hurt to go on your social media and encourage people to say, hey, Texas moving forward. Texas gaining steam. If you're in Oklahoma, hey, I got to tell you. I met a guy. He says he's looking forward to seeing how he can help us in Texas. And I told him the biggest thing he can do is encourage his party in the state of Oklahoma to put something in their platform that says, hey, if Texas goes their own way, we should look at joining them. Now, if you're in Louisiana or Arkansas, we'd love to have you come too. 
Now, we know this is never going to happen in New Mexico, or for that matter, Colorado. Sadly, Colorado has probably been lost forever. Sorry to say. But here's here's the test time. Republicans, if you actually support your people, if you actually believe in smaller government, if you actually believe in independence, if you actually believe in popular sovereignty, if you actually believe that we the people matter, this is your opportunity to put up or shut up. We're not asking you to sign your line or your name on the line, excuse me, like John John Hancock. We're not even asking you to do that. We're just allowing for or asking for you to allow us to be heard on the matter. In fact, I imagine, I imagine that a majority of the state Republican executive committee, if this should pass, if this should be allowed to show up on the ballot, might actually say, I'm personally opposed to this, but I believe that the people ought to be heard. And you know what? That's honest. That's legit. That's authoritative. That's respectable. That's honorable. I'm okay with that. And if if you're in the TNM and you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, take the time out. Encourage. Be polite. Be nice. Tell your members of the state Republican Executive Committee, hey, look, I'm not asking you to support Texas. I'm not asking you to call for Texas. I'm asking for you to allow us, we the people, to be heard in a ballot question on a Republican primary, which would be, I guess, step three in the process, right? Step one was getting the word out. Step two was getting it actually on the platform. And step three is actually having a ballot question. Now, look, this can go one of three ways. One, we can get crushed. We could get a 15% positive. Okay, that's not the end of the world, but it's hurtful. It's it's painful, but it could happen. We could end up with anywhere from, uh, let's call it 48 to 52%. Pro, Pro-Texas independence. That's kind of in the middle there, but it's significant. It's something to work with. It's something to build on. It's encouraging in some ways, or we can knock it out of the park. We could get, I don't know, 70, 75% of the voters in the Republican primary said, heck yeah, Texas needs to look at going independent. We're done with this DC nonsense. I mean, it could happen, but at least we'll know. We'll know where we're at. It's only fair to ask these questions. And again, this isn't even a ballot initiative demanding independence. This isn't anything that's binding to the state representatives or the state senators. There is nothing here other than a question. Think of it as a giant survey. Getting a feel of the pulse of the Republican Party of Texas. I'm asking you, do your part, show up, be involved. And with that, this has been According to Callus. This is a Texas Tuesday And I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I'll see you on the other side.